Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country black buffalo tobacco alternative bold flavor full pouches you know our trusted partner tirerack.com for their fast free shipping free road hazard protection convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? Can you guys say week one is finally here? What's going on? John Middlecoff, that's me, 3 and Out Podcast. Thanks for listening. Colin Coward's Podcast Network, that's where we're at. And we're getting ready for the National Football League to officially start. Today, if you're listening Tuesday or Wednesday, you were about you could be 24, 48 hours away from game one Thursday night. We'll have another podcast. We go every Tuesday and we go every Friday. And the great part about, I mean, starting next week, Tuesday, right after Monday Night Football, Thursday, you know, obviously we get Thursday Night Football, so we'll get reaction to the games every night and just what happened over the weekend. Great weekend of college football. Not a great weekend of college football. There were a couple, you know, major games. There's one that I want to talk about, but a lot going on. Bill O'Brien basically went Al Davis slash John Gruden this weekend. Just insanity. I'm going to dive in to every angle there. Uh, and then I'm going to dive into Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, you know, the classic 2019 take. Like, the player is always the victim. It's like, okay, Melvin, go find a trade. Holler back at us. Tell us what you can get. Oh, crickets? Shocker. Uh, Oregon-Auburn. Some thoughts I have on Mario and just the way that game played out. That was awesome. You know, there, there's something special about football. Uh, you know, just just watching that game this weekend, 
it's like no wonder football's way bigger than these other sports. That, that game felt like the national championship in, in the first weekend. I, I'm, I got 15 baseball games going on all day behind me. It's like they're just like they don't mean anything. The NBA regular season's never meant less. There's nothing like college football in the NFL because every game matters so much. The Miami Dolphins are officially going Sam Hinkie, and I got some issues with it. I, I don't think it's just some foolproof plan, and I think we can kind of use the Raiders as an example. They did the same thing last year, and it's just it's a little more complicated than you may think. Uh, and then we'll get into the Middlecoff mailbag, as always. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. You go to at John Middlecoff, my Instagram handle. Do I'm going to do videos all the time during the NFL season and the college football season, stories and just regular videos. DMs are wide open. You slide up in them. You answer. You ask me a question, and I'll answer them here on the show. That's how it works. That's how. That's the equivalent of the podcast callers. That's the way we interact with the people here. And just fire up in them, and I'll answer your questions. I love podcasting. I'm just a diehard podcaster now. Absolutely love it. Thanks for everyone for listening. And I'm I'm so fired up for this fall. But I want to start with with Bill O'Brien and the disaster that everyone thought that was this weekend. It had nothing to do with this weekend. The disaster happened in the spring. Like, newspapers didn't die a couple years ago. Newspaper died 10 years ago. Magazines didn't just die. They they died years ago. When when something ends, like when a brick and mortar goes out of business, they didn't die that day. They died years ago when they refused to adapt, when they refused to see the future. It happens business all the time, right? And I, I just can relate more to newspapers and a little more into the media business. Like everyone, like media, newspapers are dying left and right. They started dying like the late 2000s, like 09, 10, 11. Blogs started wiping them out. Of course no one advertised with newspapers anymore. No one under 50 reads them. Like that's, like no, no shit they're going out of business. Everyone's like, oh my God, the newspapers went out of business. Yeah, there's no money. No one's advertising with it anymore. The only reason they were in business in the first place because all the advertisers wanted to go to them. You know where advertisers go now? Places like this. Now, podcasts may be done in 50 years. Who knows? There'll be something else. But the day the podcast ends won't be because, like, podcasts went out of business that day. It'll have been years in the making. Like, Bill O'Brien was years in the making of this disaster. Texted with multiple people around the league this weekend. The entire league know, has known that he has hated clowning. I, and I can't put my finger on why. Doesn't work hard. Doesn't practice a lot. I don't know. Because all I do know, Bill... When Clowney plays on Sunday, we started talking about Clowney like he was some rotational player. Clowney's one of the best edge players in the league. He's not a, the best edge rusher, but he's one of the more complete edge players in the league. About 19 sacks the last two years, and you cannot run at him. You cannot run at him. But for whatever reason, Bill O'Brien hated. So if you know you hate him, and you know you're not going to resign him, and I get you always hate your GM for whatever reason, and I'm a Bill O'Brien defender as a coach. But this weekend was an embarrassment. But again, I'm not blaming. It wasn't this weekend. In March, when you know you're not going to resign him, you have to trade Clowney. You have to trade him. Because unlike Khalil Mack, who was traded last year, the reason they got two ones for Khalil Mack and the reasons that Bill O'Brien had to give up two ones for Laramie Tunzel, they are extension eligible. And here's the other thing. They haven't even extended Laramie Tunzel yet. Part, the reason the Bears gave up two ones for Khalil Mack was because they could immediately basically make him a bear for life on their on their watch. Now, if they want to get rid of Khalil in a couple of years because he gets injured and sucked, that's up to them. But they have him under contract basically for life, of his football life. Where the Bill O'Brien, they traded him Seattle. The reason they didn't get anything 
is because Seattle can't extend them. And they chose the way they did it with them splitting the price. They can't even franchise them. But they didn't give up anything. They gave up two guys, me and you, basically the equivalent, and a third-round pick. I'd give that for Clowney all day. When last year, think about they they got Frank Clark, who's basically the same player, maybe a little bit better of a pass rusher, maybe Clowney's a little bit better against the run. I mean, they're pretty damn close to a player. For Frank Clark, they got a one and a two. If you would have traded, Bill O'Brien would have traded Clowney when you knew you weren't going to extend him and you did not want him on your team in March, like most good GMs, the way they do business, then you wouldn't have had this problem. And it also then led to a domino effect. You go into the draft. Imagine if you had traded Clowney for like a one and a three. You would then have the capital to do whatever you want. You know who you should have got instead of having to give two ones for Laramie Tunzel? You could have traded up to like pick 20 and got Andre Dillard, the best pass blocking offensive tackle in this draft, who texted with multiple scouts this weekend, said he's looked fantastic in the preseason for the Eagles. The Eagles, who are a very well-run organization and don't operate, you know, by the seat of their pants and very emotionally, they're well thought out, they think big picture, traded up for Andre Dillard as he fell in the draft. It was an easy move. Jumped the Texans and got him. Instead, the Texans sat there, waited, got a player that can't even start as a rookie. They drafted him 25th overall. Can't even start. Can't even start. Think about, say that out loud. They could have avoided all this. They could have still had their first round picks in the future, had Andre Dillard, and acquired another first round pick when they traded Clowney. But instead, they got emotional, they couldn't get along with anyone in the front office, and they played this very poorly. But this weekend's embarrassment did not just happen this weekend. It, 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 the, the, it was set in motion in the spring at the combine when everyone was talking business. This is when the deal should have been done. What the hell were they doing? I'm baffled at these moves. Now, I get they had to do the Laramie Tunzel move. They're desperate. When's the worst thing you can ever do? When's the worst deal you could ever make, right? Is, is when you're desperate. You'll never talk to anyone that's done anything in business that will tell you, you always have to be prepared to walk away. Bill O'Brien wasn't prepared to walk away. He knew he couldn't. He knew he had to have Laramie Tunzel. Now, he's lucky the Miami Dolphins are are a joke disaster that they were willing to trade him. But he traded two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Laramie Tunzel. And then he doesn't even extend him right away? Like, look at John Schneider. In the MMQB Albert Breer's article today, John Schneider said that they were interested in Clowney in March. They were ready to make moves. The problem was they couldn't quite agree on the compensation And Schneider's like, yeah, we had to extend Russell. We had to figure out Bobby Wagner. We just had a lot of other moving parts. So they actually benefited because maybe Seattle doesn't get him if they're willing to do him in March. Because someone would have given a first-round pick for him. Hell, the Chiefs might have given him their first-round pick. Because the Chiefs did give a first and second for, for Frank Clark. Now, maybe they would rather have Frank Clark than Clowney. I don't know. But maybe they give that exact deal to the Houston Texans for Jadavion Clowney. And then extend the guy like they did. Now, maybe Clowney wouldn't have signed the deal that Frank Clark signed because it's way less than Cleo Mack and he thinks he's worth Cleo Mack money. I, I, there are some variables here. But surely he would have got somewhere near that compensation if he would have done it in March. And the Tunzel thing is when you've screwed up the draft, when you didn't pick the right player, where everyone knew this isn't one of those like hindsight's twenty twenty. It was obvious Andre Dillard was the best pass blocker in the draft. It was obvious that the Houston Texans needed an offensive lineman. They just sat there and waited. Like, I, I got news for you. Things don't come when you just wait. Sometimes in life, you got to be aggressive. What did Howie Roseman do? He waited to a certain point, 
And then he started wheeling and dealing. And he made a pretty basic move to jump up a couple slots and take the tackle. Right in front of them. They got clowned by Howie Roseman. When the tackle was, when they thought, because pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. So, like, they, they tried to, like, have their cake and eat it, too. They got a little greedy. And get it. sometimes waiting is being greedy. You're like, I don't really want to pay for that. Just pay. Don't be cheap. Because to me, you can be cheap and greedy at the same time. Like, hey, you know, I think I can get this player right at 25. No, just go get him at 20. So what? You got to give up a third round pick to move up four slots. That's being greedy and cheap at the same time. And it cost them. And then it creates a situation where they got to give a two ones and a two for Laramie Tunzel. And Kenny Stills, who's, listen, he's been a productive player in this league. But clearly, I don't think Brian Game or not Brian Game, but Brian Flores, for whatever this Kaepernick and Jay-Z stuff, maybe thinks he's even, his head's even in the game. Because if you watch this post-game press conference after Brian Flores went on that rant about the Jay-Z and playing the songs, it was like, I don't even think Kenny Stills is playing that well. I don't even think he cares right now. So, now, will he care with Hopkins and Deshaun? Maybe. But, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I, I think this whole situation easily could have been avoidable. And it's not one of those that's easily avoidable now looking back. It was easily avoidable at the time. The entire league has known that he doesn't like clowning. Why didn't he trade him two years ago? Here's the other thing. Like, hey, Bill, I got news for you. You hate clowning? And I question this, too. You are a really smart guy. I think Bill O'Brien is like an Ivy League guy, maybe Princeton or something. He's a smart guy. But his emotions, and all these guys that are around Belichick, uh, Charlie Weiss, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels when he left, are clearly really smart. Because Belichick doesn't think of Nick Saban over the years. Belichick doesn't like you if you're not smart. If you're not a really, really smart guy, like you're not going to have a lot of success with him. So those guys are really smart. The difference of Bill and these guys is Bill never gets emotional. Look at this weekend. He kept Jared Stidham and he cut Brian Hoyer, where I think that's a pretty bold move where you go, well, if Tom were to roll an ankle and miss a couple games, you would probably say Brian Hoyer is probably better equipped to win you a game in October than some rookie, right? Bill doesn't give a shit. Because he doesn't operate emotionally. He'll just go, we'll keep getting this guy incrementally better. And if we have to, we'll figure it out. Well, you got Josh McDaniels gets to Denver and trades Brandon Marshall and trades Jay Cutler. Can't work with anyone. Bill O'Brien. I have to have this guy. I have to. Like, whenever you say, I have to have this guy, I always sell some of your stock as a head coach because you're too emotionally invested. And the problem with Bill O'Brien, he's in control. He has no checks and balances. We talk about it all the time. Like, America, are we sure at the same this? We have the checks and balances around anymore. Here's what I know. There, there are no checks and balances right now in the Houston Texans front office. There, there's one check, and that's Bill O'Brien. And he can do whatever the hell he wants. Now, you could say, are they better today? Yes. Because Laramie Tunzel, huge upgrade. 100%. That's a huge addition. But they mortgage. Like, part of the Texans is they were going to have a bright future if they did this right. You got Deshaun Watson. You got Hopkins. Watts still relatively young. He's only 30. You still got some young, good players. So you're mortgaging the future to try to win a Super Bowl this year. What if you don't? You don't have any first-round picks. I, I just, I, I think it's so emotionally and so short-sighted that if you would have just figured it out years ago, like hire the right general manager. Bill eventually, and here's my other issue with him, he couldn't get along with, uh, I can't even think of his first name, but the Smith, the old GM. He couldn't get along with Brian Gain. Now, whoever the next general manager, if it's Nick Casario, why am I to believe that he's going to get along with that guy? He can't get along with anyone. Is He's just hot-headed, emotional. I'm not sure. Some weird combination because he's clearly a pretty solid coach. Talk to people around the NFL. I've been to his practice in Penn State. He, it's impressive. But he just 
flying by the seat of his pants now. And he has no one clearly that he listens to. I know coaches that have been on his staff before, and they say he's crazy. He's nuts. And this, this whole weekend was insanity. It, it really was insanity. And it was borderline reckless. Because it was so reckless that it should never have got to this point. I, I, I still, and I've said this 10 times, I can't get over not trading Clowney before the draft. I, I, can't, I can't get over it. Because if you're Bill O'Brien, you knew you weren't going to keep Clowney. And you know he's really valuable. Why? Because he's a really good player. So you get maybe a one, maybe two twos. I don't know. You get something a lot better than the third and two random-ass players. It makes no sense. It makes none. I mean, it, it, it makes zero sense. So I, I'm not, because I know Coward, some people are like, well, they are better off because they have Laramie Tunzel. And I agree. But they never should have been in the situation where they had to give up two ones and a two. They gave up more for Laramie Tunzel than the Bears gave up for Khalil Mack. Because the Bears gave two ones, but they got a Raiders two back. That's not the case here. They gave up two ones and they gave a two. And they didn't do any pick swaps. It's crazy. It's insanity. And it's it's what happens when you let coaches run your personnel department that have no experience running a personnel department. You get chaos. Hey, Bill, you, you gotta get along you gotta learn to get along with certain talents. Like Jadavion Clowney's a legit player. You screwed this whole situation up. You should be embarrassed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. One theme going in sports right now, in pro sports, at least through social media and being pushed by many media members, is the victimhood of players. It's mainly being led by LeBron and in the NBA, and obviously the NBA media just so pro-player. They, they despise big business. They just The players always getting screwed despite all the players in the NBA. I think the average salary is like $4 million. All the top players are making like 25 to 40. Uh, there's never been a greater, more lucrative partnership in the history of the world than being an elite NBA player. It's the most lucrative partnership in the history of the world. You literally carry no liability. Kevin Durant's Achilles tore, and he had like four max offers. Klay Thompson torn ACL, no big deal. Here's the max. Like, if you're a top player, you just get broken off no matter what. Paul George making a ton of money. The the LA Clippers mortgage the future for a guy with two surgically repaired, as we speak, he can't even, he's not even, won't even be able to play like the first quarter of the season. Messed up, no one cares. Mortgage the future for him. Kawhi Leonard... The finals MVP still limping around. No one even cares. Everyone, entire league would offer to the max. But like LeBron and Clutch, they lead this theme of victimhood and it kind of get and it plays on social media. And I think it's somewhat carried over to the NFL, though as we've seen, like the NFL general managers are in charge. And I think Melvin Gordon and Zeke have been part of this group that have been trying to kind of play the victim. Like we're getting screwed. We're the running backs. And first off, one thing is like analytics. The more analytics comes into pro sports, like part of, listen, I, I was, I had a radio show where the radio show, the corporation was based out of Philadelphia. I never met anyone that ran the corporation. I was just a number to them. So when my radio show got canceled, it was just a number. It was just reshuffling of numbers. Like when I worked in the NFL, it was kind of a people business. You know, you, I'm sure many people listening, some of you guys work for smaller businesses. You're not just a number on a line item. Because if you work for the guy that owns the business, he views you as a person. Where if you work for a massive corporation, like I, I have a bunch of friends in the Bay Area that work for people like Oracle or Facebook, now that have all these employees, you don't know like Mark Zuckerberg or Larry Ellison. You're just a number to them. And if you produce, you stay. If you don't, they get rid of you. They don't view it like getting rid of necessarily a person. They just get rid of you of dead weight. And so I do understand like analytics where most of us now agree, led by the analytical movement, running backs don't matter. And certain players, you know, that especially PFF say that suck, and then they get mad when, like, the players say that analytics don't matter. Well, you're trying to act like th- those people are worthless. Like, I get where Melvin Gordon and Zeke and all these people crush analytics. They're like, screw you, I'm valuable. So I, I, there is a give and take with this stuff. But the analytics, the eye test, everything has proven now that running backs don't really matter. Now, I agree Zeke Elliott is at the high end of that. He, if Zeke was a, was a wide receiver, he would basically be Hopkins or Julio. 
and they would have already paid him. But he plays running back, so it's like, uh, and then on top of that, all the -the off-the-field stuff. But Melvin Gordon, who is like 50% of Zeke, wants this new contract. And there's this victimhood. They're just running him into the ground. Well, he is scheduled to make like $5.5 million. They're not about to pay him like 350 k So he's being paid $5.5 million to get run into the ground. And he's proven to not really be the most durable player. Missed, played a 16-game season one time in his four-year career. So all of a sudden, the, the, the Chargers, who probably against the analytical movement, would have said, like, don't offer him any more money. Offered him a nice pay bump. Because, again, he's already making pretty good coin. I think we talk about him on the victimhood that is social media. Melvin Gordon's getting screwed. Well, kind of. You know, he plays a position that's easily replaceable, and I think the Chargers would argue that that Austin Eckler and Josh Jackson, the kid from Northwestern, they could probably patch together 90% of Melvin Gordon at a quarter of the price. So basic business would say, yeah, see you, Melvin, later. But they like Melvin Gordon. They've offered him a bump in his pay, about $9.5 million. He refused to take it. And as I said, Melvin Gordon is crazy. He should run to the charge facility and sign that contract. Well, of course, his agent, who has a major agenda in this whole argument, because the more money he gets, the more money the agent gets. Guess what the agent wants to do? He wants his kids to go to private school. Guess what the agent wants? Probably a second home. The agent benefits from these guys making more money. He doesn't truly care about Melvin Gordon or any of these people. I know agents love to hype that up. No, they're doing this. Number one, they're in the business because it's a business and they make a lot of money off it. Now, with Melvin Gordon, the Chargers finally said, you know what? Everyone's trying to paint us out to be the bad guy. And I got news for you. Historically, the Chargers have been the cheapest organization in all the sports. So, you know, their resume is not great. But on this one, they're in the right. Like, the way they handled Joey Bosa probably could have easily been avoidable. The Niners proved Nick Bosa wanted the same thing, and they signed him well before training camp. It wasn't that complicated, because you were paying him the money anyway. This one, I think most people, level-headed people, and I think I get a lot of people that listen to the show that have a lot of common sense, because you found me through Colin, so you probably, if you listen to Colin, have some common sense. You go, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd pay Melvin Gordon like $11 million a year for five years. Like, I, I understand where the Chargers are coming from. So what the Chargers finally said, they say, you know what, Melvin? Because, you know, I've gotten this argument before, is, is the NFL true capitalism, you know, especially for rookies who are under contract for five years in the franchise tag, they never truly get to hit the market to find out what their value is. Because that's the best part of most industries, right? That eventually you're going to, whatever you're worth, you're going to get to prove it on the open market. If you're good at whatever you do, people bid for your services, you're able to make more money, supply, demand, right? Well, they said, you know what, Melvin, you're free to seek a trade. Here is, if I'm Tom Telesco, I will forward you and your agent every single GM and head coach's phone number throughout the entire league. And you are free to seek any trade you want and any contract you want. And we'll we'll support you. And if we agree with the compensation, Godspeed to you, buddy. And you know what we've heard in the last 48 hours since they've granted him permission to seek a trade? Crickets. You know why? Because they're in a team in this league that would even think about offering the contract that the Chargers were offering at close to $10 million a year. It's why I said originally, the man on the moon could say, hey Melvin, if they're really offering you almost $10 million a year, and they clearly are, because that hasn't been disputed anywhere, and you're already making good coin, you can double the amount of money, because you were scheduled to make about $13 million the next two years. I think with the pay bump, it was going to be close to about $30 million in guaranteed money. Melvin, I'm telling you, just, just put on your Nikes, tie those bad boys up wherever you are, whether you're in Cabo, whether you're in Los Angeles, just start sprinting and head right to where your, the facility is. 
and bring a pen. I, I have a Pilot G2 Bic in my hand right now, uh, the .07 one. I, I like a little finer, but this one gets the job done. And say, Tom, where's the contract? I'll sign it on the dotted line. Because I'm sure, as you've seen in the last two days, you can follow all the people you want on Instagram and Twitter and all the teams. No one's trading anything of value for you, one. And two, definitely no one's giving you a contract more than Le'Veon Bell. That's not happening. And clearly the Chargers are willing to do that. Why? Because they know you the best. They clearly like you. Uh, you have been played by an agent who has his greedy hands written all over this, who wants more money for himself, not necessarily for you. You're going to make, if you did sign this contract, I think you'd already made like $15 million. You had another 30. You're talking $45 million to play running back in the NFL. Like, you know, this isn't 1994 anymore. That's really good money. I mean, that's great money now. Uh, no, you're not playing the victim card. No one's feeling bad for you. You're not, you know, a top seven or eight running back in the NFL. They value you more than the rest of the league. You got to, you got to swallow your pride and I guess some of your ego. And the good thing is, it's not that hard to swallow your ego. You know, a guy that's way better than you, his name's Le'Veon Bell, didn't sign a contract for that much this offseason. So I'll promise you another thing. You don't want to hit free agency, Melvin, because we just saw what Le'Veon Bell, who again, on his worst day, is better than you on his best day. And he got, he barely got $26 million. So I'm telling you, sign this deal. I've been saying over and over, anyone listening to this podcast that knows Melvin, tell him to sign the deal. Because when you always play this victim, and this is the clutch move, and it's LeBron, and it's the NBA, people, like, that's not, in the real world, no one feels bad for you. The other thing, it's hard to feel bad for you when the market, when the entire league goes, man, you're not worth that. And this team's willing to pay you money that you're probably not even worth. Because if you hit free agency, no one in the free agent market's paying you that much money. So, just very, very poorly played by Melvin Gordon. And one of those things that was, you know, we could see coming from a mile away. This, this was easily avoidable. He could have been there all camp and been a much, much richer human than he already is. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, 
like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's get into Oregon and Auburn, which I you know I mentioned earlier, but the best part about football, and it's the one thing that the other sports just can never have, and it's just the natural way the sport is set up, is just urgency, right? Is that you only play so many games in college, 12 or 13, in the pros, now that the preseason doesn't matter, most teams play 16, if you're lucky enough to get into the playoffs, Every game matters. It's why we, you know, we overreact to NBA regular season games. No one even talks about baseball anymore, but a regular season baseball game means absolutely nothing unless it's like the last day of the season to get in. But in football, every game matters. And in college football now, obviously games really matter, especially when you have big time matchups. And the game this weekend, the number one game of the weekend, and I I talked about it on Friday, was Auburn and Oregon. And I was rooting for Oregon. I want to see the Pac-12 do well. But my heart, that was my heart, my head told me to take Auburn. Now, I ended up not even betting the game. But I, I was pretty hard on Mario. I just I, I just questioned, despite their talent, which is clear, he's been recruiting at a high level. And now one thing's clear, that Willie Taggart has been completely exposed, completely exposed at Florida State. Like a complete fraud. And that, you know what? It happens in, in football. Because my, my theory now, it's not even a theory. The reality is with with sports, the hype meter, like in basketball, we hype players. You know, we really hype up players. Look at Zion. Like if he's not LeBron James, going to be, the hype is incredible. But Devin Booker's, Carl Anthony Towns, we just hype players that haven't even proven it. People have been calling Chris Paul the second best point guard in NBA history forever. Like Chris Paul's not even a top five point guard ever. He's not even the best point guard of his own generation. Steph has ran circles around him for years now. He's an all-time flop in the playoffs. But the media hypes up players. In football, the media hypes up coaches, especially college football. And part of that now is their agents 
you know, it happens. Everyone's calling Josh Gaddis this superstar at Michigan. And I want to like him too. I went and watched a bunch of his YouTubes. Then I texted around some people. I know some people that have worked with him. They said, yeah, I don't know. But the hype on every list, football scoop, my guy Bruce Feldman, everyone has him as the number one assistant coach. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I don't see it. But the hype is just, the hype's there. Now, I would say Mario doesn't necessarily have the hype, but because he was at the school and Willie Taggart took them, he got kind of lucky to get the job. Because if Mario Cristobal would have been the O-line coach at the time at Alabama, not the assistant head coach and O-line coach at Oregon, he would not have got the Oregon job. But he took advantage of his opportunity, and he's recruited his ass off. And I'll give him credit for this. He's had two crippling losses in two years, Stanford and or- and Auburn. And both those games, his team came ready and were kicking ass and taking names. But in Division One football, just like in the NFL, you this is not Malibu, California. We're not giving out participation trophies. You either win or you lose. And when you have a lead and you kick the crap out of Auburn in the first half, and then you're up eight in the fourth quarter to a national powerhouse, you have to find a way to win. And at the end of the day, and I've used this quote a couple times, I can't stop using it. It's so great. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, former backup quarterback, was just keep said, he tweeted this like a, a week ago, that the assistant coach that he played with earlier in his career said, man, you may only get one shot to be a starting quarterback. And when that opportunity comes, and I think this this relates to anyone in any business, whatever you do, whatever position you play in football, whatever you may do in life. When you get a huge opportunity, you have to be willing to throw a haymaker. That's why most successful people in this world are not the smartest people. They just tend to have the biggest stones, the biggest balls. They have cojones. They're not scared. It's why so many coaches that get their shot and then they wilt under the pressure. Like they're down three in, in the fourth quarter and they punt. It's like you got to have the balls to go for it. And twice, two of the last, someone's blowing me up, two of the last Three possessions for Oregon and Auburn. Auburn was up eight. Excuse me. Sorry, that phone call threw me off. Two of the last three possessions, and not counting the Hail Mary, was the last. So their last two ones beside the Hail Mary, if you watch the game. They're up eight points. It's third and seven. Now, they're kind of backed up, but he runs the ball. He runs the ball. They're up eight points. They punt the ball. Auburn then scores, makes it a one-point game. They get the ball back. They're up one at midfield. It's fourth and one. And they were in a tough spot because Justin Herbert, who's, you know, potential top 10 pick, gets yanked out of the game. They end up running the ball off tackle and get destroyed by one of the best front sevens in the country. To me, regardless of what happened at every other point of the game, the game was lost right there. You ran the ball on two critical downs up late in the fourth quarter. That's that's embarrassing. It, it just is. For all the hype, and I was critical of him, his team was ready, and they came out swinging. They played winning football in the first half. Then they're up late in the game. You're up eight points. You're up eight points in the fourth quarter against a national powerhouse. It's basically a road game for Oregon because it's at AT&T, though a lot of Oregon fans were there. And he ran it twice on third and seven and fourth and one. You deserve to lose if you're going to play scared. Scared money don't make money, right? Like, you get your one shot, Mario, and you didn't throw a haymaker. You got your shot, and you did not throw a haymaker. Now, in two years, so basically a season and a game, in two games, the two biggest games he's played in now, Stanford and and Auburn, he just, he blew it. I mean, he he got, and in this one, even more in the state, I'll give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt that 
that Stanford game, whatever weird shit happens, could happen to any coach. But in this game, you've had all offseason. Your team's ready. Your team's loaded. The whole country's watching. I'm on the, I'm, you, everyone listen, we're on the edge of our seat. Third and seven, run. Fourth and one, to put a dagger, a, a, a stake in their throat. You run an off-tackle play against one of the best defensive lines in the country. I'd also say this. There was a, uh, Herbert got injured. And I, I didn't know this rule. And I, Herb Street and Fowler didn't know this rule. Did he call the timeout and he thought he could put Herbert back in the game? But he couldn't. You had to keep him out because in college football is different than the NFL. You got to keep him out for a play. Now, if I don't know that rule and you don't know that rule and Herb Street doesn't know that rule, that's okay. But if the head coach, the head coach has paid millions upon millions of dollars to know that rule. So he didn't know the rule. Not, not that that necessarily would have changed the play call because he ended up running the play with his backup quarterback. But that's inexcusable. Honestly, it's inexcusable. And in Oregon, they're paying them a lot of money to try to win a national championship and get to the playoffs. And they would have been, they still might not have made the playoffs who would have won this game, but they would have been a top five or six team. They would have jumped way up. They were, I think, 11. They probably would have been five or six, maybe six or seven. But they would have been in the driver's seat, especially if Auburn then went on to have a good season. They might be able to lose a game and get in. That's a crippling loss. And a loss that you're winning. It'd be one thing if they were playing from behind. And you're like, okay, whatever. They got outplayed. They outplayed Auburn. That, that's, that's the thing that has to crush you as an Oregon fan. Is now in two of the biggest games. But especially this one. Against, you know, Gus Malzahn. Say what you want. And I know Auburn hates him. I mean, he's he's probably a top 10 coach in the country. Uh, he's, he's going X's nose. He's right there with them. And when it was nut cutting time, you know, he got tight. And he, and he ran the ball. Because I think at your core, you can't shake who you are. And Mario's a conservative coach. And when you get conservative and, and you kind of coach scared, I, I can't, like, you deserve to lose. You deserve to lose. And it's not fair to your kids who are clearly ready for the game, your assistant coach, that your assistant coaching staff that put together a good plan. But I, I don't believe for a second Mario, who's not the offensive coordinator, is not in the headset going, run the ball. And you end up losing by, you know, whatever, six points once they get the ball back and they drive the field. But the game wasn't lost on that final drive when Bo Nix, you know, threw that sweet touchdown pass. It was lost on third and seven when he when he ran the ball. It was then lost on fourth and one when they ran an off tackle against one of the best, arguably the best front seven maybe in the country and got destroyed. Like if you are going to run a play, bootleg, uh, roll them out, do something. Hell, I even punt. Make the true freshman go 90. You know, I guess he didn't have to go 90 because they were down one at the time. So a field goal wins it. But go 60. Like, you're going to run it right in? You, you might as well just just say, hey, man, we'll just go to the locker room. You guys win. We'll go home. But you, you cannot coach scared in these big games. Let's get into the Miami Dolphins, who are going full Sam Hinkie. And uh, it just it's really crazy the, the trend Sam Hinkie started. And I think when you look back on Sam Hinkie and the tank job that is the Sixers, he nailed Joel Embiid. Simmons, yeah. He missed on a lot, though. You ever heard of Giannis Antetokounmpo? Guy just won the MVP, passed on him. You ever heard of Jaleel Okafor? Yeah, Hinkie drafted him. Michael Carter-Williams? Hinkie picked him. So Hinkie was not... Hinkie was just taking a lot of swings. He clearly was not a very good evaluator. He missed on way more than he hit. I don't even think that's disputable. Now, in his process, his process made sense to truly suck to try to get the number one overall pick. Now, in football, if you try to truly suck, it's easier to get the number one pick because unlike 
professional basketball, there's not a lottery. So if you have the worst record, you will get the number one overall pick. So the Miami Dolphins trade the best player on their team to the Houston Texans and get a lot. They got two first-round picks, and they got a second-round pick. That is, They got more compensation for Laramie Tunzel than the Chicago Bears gave up for Khalil Mack. Now, they also included Kenny Stills, but it was clear that I don't think Brian Flores was a big Kenny Stills fan. So it, it's crazy as Kenny Stills has 12 touchdowns over the last two years, and at one point in time was a really good player in this league. Kind of feels like just like an extra throw-in. You know, like a classic Major League Baseball player to be named later. But Kenny Stills is not bad. But I, I think we all view those picks were mainly given up for Laramie Tunzel. Because what would Kenny Stills have got on the open market? Like a fourth-round pick, maybe? So it, they gave up all that for Laramie Tunzel. Now, I think here's the problem. Because as we saw with Hinkie, and as we saw with the Browns, this notion of like, see what Sashi Brown did for the Browns? Sashi Brown passed on Carson Wentz. To think that Sashi Brown 100% would have picked Baker Mayfield is laughable. I have no clue who Sashi Brown would have picked. Or like, maybe he would have liked Lamar Jackson the most. I don't know. But did Sashi Brown set them up for success? Yes. Was Sashi Brown the right guy to start picking the players? Hell no. You know, and, and I, I I know nothing about Brian Flores or even, I don't even know his general manager's name. I I... I I understand trading a player. Like, every player should have a price non-quarterback. If someone's going to offer you two ones and a two, I guess you have to think about it. Do you have to do it? I mean, this guy is a 25-year-old ascending elite tackle. But that's a lot. You're trying to lose. Okay, I understand. But let's look at some different parts that make this a little complicated to tank and make this tanking idea just some unequivocal no-brainer. You know, like the Browns they tried to pull off years ago, and now that the Dolphins are going to try to pull off. Let's start with one. I just, I just wrote down some things that I got red flagged. Are we sure there are some can't-miss quarterbacks coming along? Because I watched Justin Herbert, and I got news for you. He's not a can't-miss quarterback. Is I'm not even sure a lot of NFL people are going to like him. There are some questions about his personality. He's clearly talented. and I mean, there's no disputing his talent. But is he just some no-brainer overall number one pick? Hell no. Uh, I watched some Tua. Like, I like Tua. Really accurate. Doesn't have a great arm. Uh, doesn't have a great arm at all. And the part of playing in Miami, who, I mean, who's the best quarterback in the history of the franchise? I don't know. This guy named Dan Marino. He was basically the Nolan Ryan of football uh, quarterbacks. You know, he probably has the best arm beside Favre ever. Because who do you have to play in that division? I don't know. The Patriots, usually late in the season, is cold. I don't know. The Jets, usually pretty cold. And I don't know. The Bills, tends to be pretty cold in Buffalo. So you need a big arm quarterback probably win there that would make some sense probably a big reason they haven't really won the last 20 years so are there any can't miss quarterbacks in this quarterback class no now could they be so crappy in two years they get trevor lawrence sure but as we see every year it's pretty hard to just actively tank because coaches try to win and the players on the field even if they even if they suck and you may have the worst roster in the league you're still trying to win games you are i saw it last year with the 49ers and the raiders both those two teams we're actively trying to lose toward the end, and they both won games in December. They couldn't even help it. Just because you, your players just kind of start making plays. And they didn't even want to win. Especially the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders beat the Steelers late in the game, late in the season, and they were they actively tried to tank, and they couldn't even tank right. Because it's impossible to tank in the NFL. So here's another one. Your best asset right now on your team is a guy named Josh Rosen, who was just picked 10th overall a year ago, and then you acquired for a late second round pick. How on God's green earth am I supposed to judge Josh Rosen whenever he gets to play because they didn't name him the starter, which 
doesn't seem as crazy now that they trade their best offensive lineman and one of their best wide receivers. How am I supposed to judge Josh Rosen on a team that's going to stink? I mean, seriously. How am I going to have any clue after this year, whether Josh plays 10 or 8 games, what I have? I don't think you'll have any. It is a complete guessing game. Complete. So your best asset on the team, whenever you do put him into the game, it's going to be very, very difficult to find out if this guy is good or bad. As we saw last year, it's impossible to know what Josh uh, Rosen was with the Arizona Cardinals. They're the worst team in the league. Literally, they drafted first overall. And they had the worst offensive line in the league. Well, the Dolphins just got rid of their left tackle, so their offensive line's going to stink because now they're starting a backup. And I'm going to have to judge this guy who's not that mobile behind an offensive line. Now one of his best receivers gone. I don't even know what to say. And I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. They won't really know. And three, here's the biggest thing. When you trade for two first-round picks, like if I trade, when I traded Odell Beckham, if I'm the New York Giants, to the Cleveland Browns, I knew what the pick was. They were giving me the 17th overall pick, Jabril Peppers, and then a late third-round pick. But I knew exactly what that pick was, right? Knew exactly what that pick was. When a couple years ago, when, when the Chiefs and the Houston Texans, when they traded up for their quarterbacks, those two teams knew exactly where they were going. And they knew that that team was probably going to be pretty good and both those two teams were playoff teams, right? When last year when the Raiders traded the Bears before the season, the reason it even came out, the reason they chose the Bears over the Bills, over the Niners, over all these teams, the entire league was lined up for Khalil Mack was because they thought the Bears were going to be the worst team out of the group attempting to trade for them. Well, what happened to the Bears? They weren't the worst team. They were a playoff team and they won the division. That pick turned into the 24th overall pick and turned into Josh Jacobs. So now we know what the pick was and we know the player. So would any team right now in the NFL trade Josh Jacobs and a future one on a pretty damn good team? More than likely the Bears are going to be in the playoffs again, but like pick 25, Josh Jacobs and pick 25 for Khalil Mack. Absolutely not. Well, what do you say about the Houston Texans? Well, I kind of crushed the trade. I do acknowledge they're better now, and they're more than likely going to be a playoff team this year. Though Clowney's a pretty big loss, and the two guys they got, as a guy in the league text me, the actual, I think Martin, Jacob Martin, he liked Martin more than Mingo, but regardless. Let's just say they're a playoff team again. So let's say their draft pick, as they were this year, 25. Would anyone trade Laramie Tunzel for pick 25 and pick 24? Because you, you would do it if you're the, the Dolphins for pick 10 and the following year pick 12. But in the 20s, those picks aren't good. Because if you talk to anyone in the league, they'll constantly tell you, especially the good GMs, we don't have 20 first-round grades. On a typical year, we have probably somewhere between 15 and 20 first-round graded players. There's a reason why John Schneider, Brett Veach, Bill Belichick, Roseman, these guys typically, sometimes they trade up when a guy falls, but a lot of times they go the other way. They go from in the mid-20s back to the early in the second round. Because they go, well, we're going to draft a second round player anyway. We view all these guys on our board as second round picks. So let's go back. So the only way to me going hinky makes sense is when you trade with a shitty team. A team that's going to give you potential top 10 picks. Because you're trading a top 10 player. So if you're, the picks you're getting back are in the mid-20s, like the way it worked out for Khalil Mack, that stings. That hurts. 
Like, it was cool when you traded the Bears for two first-round picks when you think, yeah, hopefully a couple will be in the top 15. Well, when they turn into 24 and that guy turns into a running back, who I like Josh Jacobs, but he ain't no Khalil Mack. And if the Bears are better this year, let's say the Bears make the NFC Championship. Let's say worst case scenario for the Bears. They go 8-8 eight and eight and they miss the playoffs. That pick's still, what, 18, 19? So you traded Josh Jacobs and picked 19 for Khalil Mack? Deal. I'll do that all day long. Give me Khalil Mack. I'll give you that. <laughs> right? Now, would I give you, like, the 49ers? Why didn't the 49ers get Odell Beckham this year? Because they didn't want to trade the second overall pick. Would I trade Laramie Tunzel for the second overall pick and a pick in the 20s? Yeah, probably would. But the Houston Texans ain't drafting second overall unless Deshaun Watson gets hurt. And now it's less likely for Deshaun Watson to get hurt because he has a elite offensive lineman protecting him. And their offensive line, in theory, should be a lot better. So this notion that, like, tanking, it's hard to tank. One, because I don't know, even if you do tank correctly, how good the quarterbacks you're going to pick are. Two, your best asset on your team, what if Josh Rosen actually turns out to be good? You might end up winning some games, and then you're drafting like eighth because you went 6-10 and 10 instead of 3-13. and 13. And three of these picks, more than likely, aren't going to be that good. So for Bill O'Brien, I think he would counter me when I was crushing his deal when he traded for Laramie Tunzel. Like, I'm, I'm trading two picks in the 20s. Now, I'd say, yeah, more than likely you are. I always like to have a contingency plan. Now, my bigger issue is you can't trade for Laramie Tunzel, give up that much if he doesn't immediately sign an extension. Immediately. Like, part of you getting the two first-round picks is contingent on him signing the extension. But that's neither here nor there. I just think that this, the Dolphins are going to go full hinky. Good luck. I don't think it's going to quite work as seamlessly as they think. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com 
Active Cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's go Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff. My Instagram, DMs wide open. Answer your, answer your questions here. Would you rather have Frank Clark or Clowney? Also for fantasy purposes. Do you think Hyde will start in Houston and would you rather have Shady or Damian Williams? Answer the the running back. I don't think Carlos Hyde's very good. Uh, when I say not very good, I mean if he's your starting running back, you're in a little bit of trouble. So I think they're just going to siphon through some guys, bring up practice squad guys, and ultimately Carlos Hyde's time with them will be short-lived. I mean, he's a solid rotational guy. But when you look at his numbers, his yards per carry have been pretty bad the last couple years. Uh, Shady or Damian Williams. You know what's crazy about fantasy? And I just follow a lot of fantasy people on Twitter. When a team signs someone like Shady, like the Chiefs, when they signed Shady, you would have thought Damian Williams just tore his ACL. Like, oh my God, Damian Williams, his value. Oh, he's screwed. Like, they're going to play both. It's going to be fine. Like, both guys will play a lot. I don't think it kills value at all. I actually think it helps. It'll keep him fresher. Would I rather have Frank Clark or Clowney? Uh, As I said earlier, I think they're pretty close. Frank Clark's a monster. You know, he's a beast versus the run. You'd probably lean if character and everything is the same. And I don't know much. I think both have some questions off the field for various reasons. Clowney's had some injuries. I would lean Frank Clark. Uh, But I don't think you can go wrong with either. Uh, you know, because basically the way Seattle looked at it, we're like, would you rather have Frank Clark for, you know, what the Chiefs gave him, like $50 million, or would you rather have Clowney and give up a third round pick and get a first and a second? So I would rather be Seattle and have Clowney and give a first and a second. Now, if I was the Chiefs, like I'd probably rather have Frank Clark. He's just a more consistent player at this point in time. I think they feel pretty good about it. I To me, these are... You know, when you look at the top tier of, of pass rushers, Khalil 1, Von Miller 1A, you know, Aaron Donald, like that little group, the elite, elite group. And then there's kind of the next tier, you know, Yannick and Dockway, Frank Clark, Clowney. So, I mean, I think you could pick your poison on, it, on any of those guys. I, I like, I, I think they're very, very similar. Uh, and the one thing that I don't think that, uh, 
that Clowney and Frank Clark get enough credit for because we don't hype this up. They dominate versus the run. Dominate. Run at them at your own peril. It's like Khalil. You know, you want to run at Khalil Mack? Good luck. He's going to win. That's the one, like, you can run at Yundakwe. You can run at Von Miller a little bit. You can't run at Clowney or Frank Clark or Khalil. Can't be done. They they will not be run on. Like, peak J.J. Watt, you ain't running at him. So I, I like more complete defensive linemen. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to question our conversation from June. Maybe OU will run the table, at least through the Big 12. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Lincoln's a stud, man. And, and Jalen, and I think what I realized this last night, you don't start at Alabama in the peak of their powers as a true freshman without being an absolute stud. And you listen to Jalen, and I watched after the game, he talked to, I, I don't even know who the sideline, Holly Rowe or whatever. That dude is why that guy's been around Nick Saban. He didn't even smile, and he broke like records for the first ever start for Oklahoma rushing and passing, I think, touchdowns. He didn't even smile. He wasn't even faced. Of course he's not faced. He comes from the highest standard in all of college football at Alabama, where the only thing that is tolerated is national championships and kicking the crap out of everyone you play. That's their standard. That's what he's used to. So he's coming to Oklahoma like, yeah, we didn't. We won one game. We don't. We don't celebrate after winning one game. Now, I think you do have to, you know, kind of balance it out. Like Jalen, you did have a really good game. Celebrate it. But I, I, I was floored. I mean, I know some people at Oklahoma had Drew Hill on this, their head of recruiting on the show before. They love him. I mean, his character is pristine. He became a team captain immediately. If he throws the ball as well as he did last night, just consistently, he's obviously a great runner and a great leader. The big difference, though, is that defensive coordinator they got, the guy that was with Mike Leach a couple years ago that uh, that changed their defense and then went to Ohio State last year. If Oklahoma plays defense, and I think Blackledge said it pretty well on the broadcast the other night, was like they've had a national championship offense the last three or four years under Kyler and Baker. Like they, Their offense was good enough to win a natty. They couldn't play defense. They couldn't stop a soul. If they can play defense, I, you don't need to be the 85 Bears. I'm just talking about open field tackle and get some three and outs, Oklahoma will be in the playoffs. Now, I do think Texas is a lot better, but man, to me, I Lincoln, his quarterbacks are going to be sweet. It's going to be, can they play defense? And they were playing some D last night. I'm, I'm high on Oklahoma right now. Woo, that was, uh, that was impressive. Okay, let me get to some more. Let me I gotta go into my inbox here. What the hell are the Dolphins doing? <laughs> uh, tanking. I mean, I think it's a full-on tank, uh, a borderline embarrassment. You know, I I understand why their owner would give the green light because they've tried the last several years. They consistently go seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. I think their their average record for the last twenty years is eight and eight. I mean, they are the ultimate mediocre team. And to me, the craziest stat I saw, probably of the recent memory, they have $51 million in dead cap space. Sue's 13, Tannehill's 18, TJ McDonald's 4. The amount of dead cap space they have this year on guys that aren't even on their team is eye-opening. I mean, it's it's laughable. It's insane. But they've been poorly managed. They've been poorly run. So maybe maybe when you do take a step back, it's not that crazy. Like what what the hell else is going to happen? They're just going to go seven and nine again. It sucks. So you might as well just bottom out. But like I said previously, it's 
bottoming out in the NFL doesn't guarantee anything. It, it really doesn't. And, you know, you're very dependent. It's hard to get the number one overall pick. This isn't a draft lottery. It's hard to just actively try to lose games because players don't and even assistant coaches don't. And then, I don't know, you're kind of dependent on the quarterbacks coming out. What if we go through a couple years where good quarterbacks just don't come out? So I, I, I don't see this as any guarantee that they're going to just figure this out. I'm a big fan of the show. If Drew Brees were injured, would Taysom Hill be the best choice to start and would he be successful? Uh, I think you'd have to go with Teddy Bridgewater. But the good thing with the Saints is they would have immediate options. I think they would start Teddy Bridgewater, for, let's say Brees, let's say he you know, rolled his ankle and was going to miss a couple games with a bad ankle sprain and couldn't walk. I think they would start Teddy Bridgewater, but if for whatever reason te- they'd have packages for Taysom Hill, and if Teddy wasn't moving the ball and Taysom was, they could just make the switch. They're in a pretty unique situation. Now, is Taysom good enough to beat you know, a good Panther or Atlanta Falcon team or the Eagles or something like that in a game, I, I would lean no. But he clearly gives him some options. He's been now, it feels like, a saint. Doesn't it feel like Taysom Hill's been a saint for 20 years, even though I think he's been there for like four? But I swear to God, it feels like, you know, he's one of those college players that you're like, God, hasn't this guy been on the team? Is this guy like an eighth-year senior? That's what it feels like Taysom Hill with the, uh, with the Saints. But I, I think if they had to start a game and Drew Brees went out I mean, I would be floored if Teddy Bridgewater didn't get the call. I have a question for the mailback. With the final cuts coming this past Saturday, the Eagles waived Smallwood and Adams. With that being said, do you think the committee approach will be Sanders, Clement, and Howard will be beneficial for the Eagles? And for other committee approaches in the NFL, given that one guy can't really get a rhythm going? Yeah, but I think the thing with the committee is your rhythm is dictated like you just start playing a hot hand. So, yeah, you got three guys. If Jordan Howard's going, Jordan Howard stays in the game. Like, it's easy with Zeke or Le'Veon. They're going to, they are the committee. You're just going to play them, and when they need a blow, they come out. But your success in the run game is dependent on them. Like, if they're having a good day, you just run them. Now, good players like those two guys are going to have good days. But when you have a running back unit by committee, like, if this guy's not really working, use the next guy. If this guy's not really working, use the next guy. So I, I and then once one of the guys starts eating a little bit, you keep feeding them. So I, I like it. You know, I, I I think in theory, you know, Jordan Howard is probably the better one. But if the rookie Sanders starts making plays, keep feeding him the pill. I I I don't think it's ever black and white. I it's like you know betting on stocks. You want to diversify your portfolio. Like part of having a good backup running back, Austin Eckler, is when Melvin Gordon holds out. You're like whatever. That's the thing about running backs. You know, it's hard to, like, most teams don't have a good backup quarterback. In theory, every team would love to have Joe Montana and Steve Young. But, hell, most teams are just praying for, like, Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) And then they'll just figure out the backup. In a perfect world, you want three deep at every position. And running back is the one position that's actually kind of easy to go three deep. So I think the the Eagles are in pretty good shape. They'll They'll just ride whoever's hot that game. Enjoy the show. Persexus on the NFL. What will allow the NFL to improve offensive line play in the NFL? Is it a good goal to be a high school coach, build a powerhouse? What is your opinion on pro football focus grading system and them as a company? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really use PFF. Their numbers and like where they grade them means nothing to me. I think that, you know, following some of the PFF guys on Twitter, I think some of the guys definitely know what they're talking about. But like an individual player's grade doesn't mean shit to me. Because if you don't have the play sheet and know the play, you can't give a guy a proper grade. 
Now, and I also think like if you don't know the play, guessing if the guy screwed up or not is just impossible. Like only the coach truly knows that. But I, I do think you can. I like it for give me the percentage how often a guy lines up in the slot, give me a percentage of contested catches, drop rate, stuff like that. I love. That stuff's cool. But like their individual grades on players, I don't care. And it's why I always defend players that are gonna hate PFF. Of course they are. If you tell me I'm shitty at my job, if I'm an NFL player, I'm gonna say screw you, especially if I'm a starter and I'm a good and I'm a productive player. And and they, hell, they may even be right, but I I don't I never blame players for getting mad at PFF. Because a lot of times PFF are saying critical things of players, right or wrong. Hi, John, longtime listener and first time caller. What is going on? What kind of production do you expect at a turn from Kareem Hunt once he returns from his suspension? Kind of like talking about with the Eagles, you play the hot hand. Now, the difference here is I think that the Browns might have a bell cow running back. I mean, I think Nick Chubb is a 12, 1300 yard, you know, uh, uh, yards a year guy. Like, I think he can be a bell cow, do it all, give him 300 plus touches in the pass game, in the run game, feed him the rock. The difference here is Kareem Hunt's coming off suspension. What does he do for eight games? I think he's a great wild card. I, I wouldn't be confident that he's going to come in and just take the world by storm, you know, like the way he played with the Chiefs. I think it's always hard to transition with a new team after you've been suspended for a long period of time. So I, I would say that I would be very, very hesitant and, uh, I wouldn't be confident that he's going to come in and look like the Kareem Hunt we knew with the Chiefs. Now, he's clearly a talented player, but I also think that speaks more of Nick Chubb and just what a badass he is because I think Nick Chubb is the real deal. I I really do. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Can't wait for football season. Slide into Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. We answer your questions. Screw around on Instagram, Twitter. Find me all over the internet. Uh, And uh, let's get ready, baby. We We got NFL season starting this Thursday. As I'm just finishing recording it, I got Notre Dame starting in about 20 minutes. God, I love football. I'll talk to you guys soon. Adios. Have a great week. May the peace be with you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.